Welcome to the Patient Flow Podcast powered by Teletracking. On today's episode, Teletracking Susan McLaughlin chats with Patient Flow Specialists from Virginia Commonwealth University Health. Kelly Berry is Senior Clinical Applications Analyst and Lynn Goodlow is the Director of Patient Flow. VCU Health has been doing groundbreaking work with care progression indicators and was recently awarded the Hims Davies Award of Excellence for outstanding achievement of organizations that have utilized health information technology to improve patient outcomes and value. Let's listen in. How did you determine the processes at VCU that needed to be fixed and the role that communication played in achieving that goal? Our, our senior leadership set a goal for us that was a bigger goal than we had ever been able to achieve before in terms of patient flow and increasing capacity. And so what we knew is the physician and I that were charged with helping the organization lead this goal knew that we didn't know all the answers. And so the first thing that we did was really to look around the organization at interprofessional leaders that were closest to the patient and bring them together. We, we call them a SME group, so a subject matter expert group. Um, we got together and spent about 16 hours in a room, two eight-hour days, where we really examined the literature and then looked at what our processes were and then decided what would great look like. And so um, from my perspective, even without looking at the textbook, we, we did it right because we started with people and then moved to processes. And the last thing that we did was actually leverage technology. And when I look back at it, even though I'm not sure we knew that that's exactly what we were doing, that's what we did. And, and those people, that original subject matter expert group led us to putting forth recommendations around things that we could do better. And then we rallied medical and nursing and other interprofessional colleagues across all of our inpatient and even our ambulatory areas to help us move forward and and really provide better care to our patients and to our community. How did you engage your team members and get them to adopt this new way of doing things? When it came down to the functionality and engaging our team members, we gathered a group of subject matter experts would actually be using the tool and we knew we had to make the tool function in a couple of ways and one was to make it meaningful to teams and the only way to do that was to gather a group of subject matter experts together in a room who were the end users of the technology and ask them how can we make your job easier how can we give you more time back in your day to spend with the patient instead of answering calls and answering questions about throughput and capacity. So we knew we had to make it meaningful, and they were very vocal. They knew exactly what they wanted, and they knew exactly what they didn't want. We wanted to reduce paper processes for the teams, too. They were tired of shuffling around papers and trying to find information and not communicating in one space where everyone can get the same information at the same time. We wanted to reduce phone call interruptions, which was another problem that they were having. If they had a question about where a patient was in their discharge process, we didn't want a phone call to be the only way to get that information. So we had to reduce their phone call interruptions. We needed to focus on safety. Safety is very important to every organization and especially at VCU Health. 
We wanted to increase transparency, and we did all of this by layering the communication that they thought was lacking in communicating their discharge process and their patient discharge readiness. So we really listened to our end users and asked them, how can we make this meaningful for you? And they gave us all the feedback we needed to get started. They had needed something for so long that they came with amazing ideas, um, and we're still not done with the work that started in, in that particular project. I'm really glad you said that, Kelly, because as I was thinking about what you were saying, to this day, the teams are telling us what they need. And so I think Kelly's um, work and the work of our IT department is only beginning in terms of leveraging the technology. And what it's really done is help create a highly reliable situation. Because while we wanted to increase capacity, what we really wanted to do was provide better care to our patients. And the byproduct of that has been increasing capacity. Wouldn't you say, Kelly? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's exciting for our work to not be done yet and to have a kind of a queue of, of jobs waiting for us to, to get to next. It's, it really is exciting. You've had success in the past using care progression indicators. Can you talk about the role that those have played in improving communications? For example, I know you've created indicators for departments like pharmacy, and there's also ones for occupational and physical therapy. So can you talk about how that really helps improve communications between the different units and create a better patient experience? Absolutely. Well, that was the end result of our meeting with our end users. It was clear that we had the functionality already throughout the organization, and we had rolled it out several times before, but didn't have the buy-in because we really weren't in a position to, to gather all of those folks together in one room. So once we did, we just fine-tuned technology that we already had, and we realized that by illuminating services like PT and OT, it was very obvious that we were missing other services as well, like discharge pharmacy. You know, units were used to seeing information about PT and OT, and so they were like, we need discharge pharmacy. They were the ones who gave us that information. They brought it back to us, and discharge pharmacy was willing to join in on the communication tool, and it worked out really well. Could you talk a little bit more about your discharge planning process and the tactics that you use to improve that? I know you use an anticipated day of discharge as part of that. And how did automating the pending discharges help, especially with Medicare compliance? Absolutely. We had all these great teams communicating their information. And then what we found is we didn't have a common goal for all of these great teams to work towards. And so Lynn and our associate chief medical officer, Dr. Heather Masters, led this charge for coming up with an anticipated day of discharge and a, a common goal for all of these care teams to work towards. And that really changed a lot of things for us and helped improve and streamline our discharge process because everyone was working towards the common goal and communicating any barrier along the way so we as a team could help eliminate those barriers. We struggled with our pending discharge compliance because it was a manual process. Some units were great, some weren't. But what happened was our leaders instituted this anticipated day of discharge and transformed our transitional care rounds that we have every day on the unit, 
where it was focused on the transition of the patient. Um, there's 15 minutes. Some organizations call them flash rounds. There, there's many iterations of these rounds. So what happens in every round is that the care coordinator always asks, when do you anticipate the patient to be discharged? And then they update that information in teletracking. And what they do is the providers have given us feedback that is a provider satisfaction because they are communicating to the whole environment through their flash rounds. And so there are less questions about the anticipated day of discharge. We have increased patient satisfaction because then that information from teletracking should be put on their patient communication board in the room. So you're drawing in the patient and their family too and including them on those decisions and that information that's being discussed in the transitional care rounds. And then we use the, use the automated pending discharge to leverage that anticipated day of discharge to automatically split to a pending discharge, the day of discharge, so then that communicates the patient flow, where are we with our capacity for that right. day. Um, and we saw a, I think it was a 30% increase in pending discharge compliance after we flipped that switch and really had a solid anticipated day of discharge process. Your results have been amazingly impressive. You've experienced a 20% reduction in lost bedtime and 23.6 million in new revenue and institutional savings. So how are you going to sustain that and what plans are on the horizon? That's a great question. And I think it's a question that the entire leadership team that is coming together as a, a, a throughput and capacity work stream, ask itself every time that we meet. But I think the thing that continues to drive us is the caregivers, um, really those that are closest to the patient. Uh, and I think Kelly alluded to this earlier, are continuing to tell us what they need in order to continue this work. And so I think the most important thing we can do is continue to listen to them and and as they're able to tell us what they need in terms of communication and then let us figure out how we can leverage the tool i think that's going to continue to be our secret to success i know you've talked about some of the metrics but the entire patient care team has celebrated what has been almost a 20 percent decrease in diversion hours as we've done this work a 13 percent decrease in calls to our patient flow coordinators because they've been able to leverage the tool that we have. And so neither the direct care providers or our patient flow coordinators are having to spend time on the phone, potentially calling when someone's in the middle of patient care or, or other type of work processes. Um, we've also been able to, to accept more hospital to hospital transfers. And so I think the fact that we're able to give them success metrics back and then they're able to each month tell us what's working and what's not working. Um, Kelly and I were just at a meeting last week with caregivers across the organization that were telling us how we can continue to leverage the pharmacy indicator to prioritize which meds to fill first based on when the patient is going home. So we're not filling the patient's meds that might be going home at four o'clock this evening before the one, the patient that needs to go home at 11. So I really think that's what our secret to success is. But Kelly, you may have other thoughts. Lynn, I totally agree with, with all that you said. And, and I just want to say that Lynn and again, our associate chief medical officer, 
Dr. Masters continue to support each and every unit with their transitional care rounds and give them feedback, both positive and constructive, for them to continue to excel in that communication. And they're doing an amazing job. And they're using transparency to show them what their scores are so they can see those units who are functioning at a a much higher level or someone struggling so they can then collaborate. So it opens up the door for continued collaboration, not only between services, but between units to see how is someone doing better or getting a little higher scores and things like that. But the fact that they're still continuing to support these units and and certainly transitioning the support down as the time goes along. But the fact that we're not just saying, okay, you're done, we're gone, we're going to move on to the next one. They're continuing to support these teams and the great work that they're doing. This is the Patient Flow Podcast, powered by Teletracking, your source for insightful conversations by industry leaders making a difference in patient flow today.